are all miracles and must make the most of our limited time here. Each of us have these unique gifts to contribute to the world. And it's our job to develop these gifts and give them away. That's why I created the Preschool SLP podcast. The Preschool SLP is about working smarter to create real change in ourselves and in others. Being an SLP is a mission. It's about showing up every single day. It's about giving all of yourself. It's about evaluating your work. It's about innovating practice to change lives. Every single week, let's discuss topics that matter. What are the game-changing strategies? How can we treat the whole child? How can we create the truest and shiniest versions of ourselves and of our clients? We're here at the drawing board for a reason. You bring your own unique gifts. Together, let's create better. So this is an episode that you absolutely do not want to miss if you work with children with developmental language disorder. Today, we're going to dive deep into developmental language disorder, and we're going to look at the challenges that lie ahead for these children throughout school age into adulthood. And knowing these challenges, we can better empower these children with the skill set that it'll take for them to be successful. So first things first, I'm going to give you a little bit of background about how I decided to work on developmental language disorder today. I had a different episode originally planned, but I was listening to a wonderful interview of Holly Storkel, who's an expert in child language development on developmental language disorder today. And she had these alarming statistics on the the outlook for children with developmental language disorder, and they do not look good. These are statistics that we need to have on the forefront of our mind when we do intervention today, because these are statistics that have a very dismal outlook for children with developmental language disorder if we don't do something about it. So basically, these statistics are telling us that these children with developmental language disorder are largely failing when it comes to social outcomes, academic outcomes, even vocational outcomes. So what can we do today is the question to produce better outcomes tomorrow. And what we're going to do first is we're going to look at this mountain. So I'm listening to this interview of Holly Storkel, and Holly Storkel shared these alarming statistics. I had to, when I got to work after listening to this interview, I immediately emailed her and I was like, what is the source? What is the research behind these statistics? I, this, is, this is incredible. I need to look at this for myself and make sure that this isn't just um, you know, uh, exaggerations. I really need to see the research firsthand. In the article, if you want to reference it yourself that she, that she gave to me, was from Language Speech Hearing Services in the Schools, October 2020. And the title is right here, How We Fail Children with Developmental Language Disorder. And it's by Carla McGregor. So this is the source. This is a research review on developmental language disorder for the statistics that I'm going to share with you right now. 
So when we look at these statistics, what I want you to think is I want you to think this is the mountain. This is the mountain that children with developmental language disorders have in front of them that they are going to have to uh, climb, that they're going to have to overcome. They do not have a yellow brick road ahead of them. They have a mountain. And what we're going to do is we're going to take that little backpack that they have to carry and we are going to put it with the skill set that they need in order to successfully climb that mountain. We do not want these children falling off the mountain. We do not want these children stuck on the mountain. We want them to get to the summit. For them to get to the summit, what we're going to have to do is give them the skill set that matters. So the first thing we're going to look at is the mountain itself. These are alarming statistics that should be in the forefront of our minds whenever we plan therapy. When we think about goals, this is what we want to keep in mind. These are the game changers. This is the, the major life-changing challenges that are ahead of them. So these were the statistics that Holly Storkel shared, and they're based on this article from Carla McGregor, October 2020, LSHSS, if you want to check it out for yourself. So children with developmental language disorder are six times more likely to have a reading impairment than their neurotypical peers. They're also six times more likely to struggle in spelling, and they're four times more likely to struggle in math. So if we take math, spelling, and reading, they're 12 times more likely than their neurotypical peers to struggle in all three areas. So when you look at that, can you imagine what it's like going to school and you're looking at, I'm failing every class. Can you imagine the impact that would have on you? Just looking at academics alone. But now let's look at the um, social emotional experience. They are six times more likely to have clinical levels of anxiety. They are three times more likely to experience clinical depression. So this mountain is not only academic, the mountain is also social emotional. And it goes further than that. When we look at behavioral, they are three times more likely if they're a female to experience sexual abuse, and they're four times more likely to engage in delinquent behavior if they are a male. So when we're looking at this mountain, it's just getting harder and harder to overcome. But there's more. As an adult, they are more likely to have an external locus of control. So that means they're more likely to think that they don't have control over whether they're successful or not in their personal lives or in their work lives, in their love lives, in their lives as a parent. They have an external locus of control, which means they don't think their efforts matter at the end of the day. They're a lot less likely than their neurotypical peers from childhood. Also, as adults, they're more likely, and this is twice as likely, they're more likely to be unemployed for over a year. So we're looking at some major, major challenges to overcome. I know that early on we can make a difference. 
but we're not going to be doing, we're not going to make a difference by working on the small stuff. It's not going to happen by working on mixed up rich questions. It's not going to happen by working on one step demands. It's not going to happen by building vocabulary. We need to think bigger. We need to think about when we're looking at these skills, what are skills that really are going to be functional and that are really going to be functional when it comes to academics that are going to provide coverage and be functional when it comes to social, that are going to be functional when it comes to the internal locus of control, because they're going to need that. These children have a mountain in front of them. If they don't think that what they do and that their effort matters, they're not even going to start climbing. So what we need to think about when we look at these alarming numbers, and they are alarming, that indicate that developmental language dis disorder not only impacts academics, but it also impacts your mental health, your social emotional well-being. It also impacts your internal locus of control, your belief that you can be successful. It impacts all, all of these areas. What we need to do is we need to think bigger when it comes to earlier intervention. We need to think about how can we develop internal locus of control where this child knows that their efforts matter because this child is going to have to work as our research shows multiple exponentially times harder than their neurotypical peers to be successful. So they need to know that efforts matter, that they're not going to fail no matter what. The second thing that we're going to, they're going to need to know is executive function. We need to get out of the reptilian brain that results in anxiety and depression. And we need to get into the higher level brain because we know that the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the higher level thinking system, is like a light switch. And when you're in that higher level brain, you're not in the reptilian brain. It's an either or proposition. So we want to get these children engaging in higher level thinking when they come across obstacles instead of a fight or flight brain thinking that will promote anxiety and depression. So what we want to do is we want to teach executive function skills. And those are best accomplished, according to the research, through task-oriented motor activities in which children are identifying what the problem is, what the plan is, what the action is, and how to check it to completion. Yes, we're working on executive function. We're working on lifelong skills because that is what's going to challenge them through adulthood. So if we can focus our time not on the small potatoes, not on the mixed WH questions, not on the simple vocabulary, not on the following multiple step de demands, but on the higher level thinking processes, on those things that they need, those skills they need in the backpack in order to make it. That's what we want to use our time on. So the first thing we're focusing on so far, internal locus of control that the child knows that their efforts matter, that the child takes on the role of teacher and you as the therapist take on the role of student. Let the child lead the therapy sessions. Number two, teaching executive function skills within the context of movement activities. 
Having the child identify what problems are, what the plan are, what's the action, and how we check it to completion. Thirdly, we need these children to be able to tell a story. Because if you're able to tell a story, you're able to describe what your social challenges are as they talk about behavioral difficulties of being the victims of sexual abuse. You're also better able, besides being able to discuss your, your emotional challenges, you're able to discuss the academic challenges, which we know are ahead of them as well. And you're better able to handle the academics when you have that structure of that narrative ability in which you're able to describe a multiple step process, this high level academic thinking. So if we think about, for instance, math and you think about whether well, there's a story problem, well, here is a problem. And how are we going, what actions are we gonna take? And how are we gonna take those actions to a solution? So this is a story, we're taking a story problem. When we look at also in the literature difficulties they have. So lastly, so that's the third thing we wanna do is build those narrative skills. The last skill we're going to wanna build is the emergent literacy and emergent reading skills. So this is something where I'm gonna get on a little bit of a soapbox right now, because a lot of people are like, at preschool level, you should not be focusing on letters. You should not be focusing on sounds. You should focus on play. I could not agree more. But we wanna introduce at this age, literacy, emergent literacy, which is like print and the use of print to solve problems and emergent uh, writing in which we're using our writing skills to solve problems. And, and because what that does is that prepares these children for kindergarten. And when I say, what do you mean prepares these children for kindergarten? That means it develops a love for writing, a love for reading and an, an idea that this is meaningful to them. It's emergent. So what I always recommend, and I do this with every therapy session, of course, I freely share it with everyone, is a checklist, a checklist with pictures and print that children write on. And what happens when you use a checklist is you're practicing math and science through visually interpreting the data. You're practicing emergent literacy by reading words or symbols to make sense of the world. You're practicing emergent writing by scribbling on your data sheet with your findings. So what I'm saying here is we're packing the backpack. We can pack the backpack at the preschool age and spend our time on what matters. Don't worry about the small stuff. The small stuff will naturally develop in most cases. What's not gonna naturally develop are these higher level thinking skills. And these higher level um, thinking skills will be proactive, preventative measures that strengthen the child to get through these obstacles. When I talk about this mountain that they lie ahead, what we know from James Law's meta-analytic research over time, where he looked at children from kindergarten until their 30s, is that every year the mountain is steeper. Every year, the number of behavioral issues these children have increases each year. Every year, the academic failure increases. The mountain is steeper every year. We need to pack a backpack for these children. 
And once again, the four the four proactive, preventative measures, these strengtheners that we can give for these children that will help them climb to the top and not get stuck and not fall off the mountain are this. One, most important, most important goal for any child on your caseload is this, internal locus of control. You are the teacher. We can't do the push-ups for the child. We need a child that's, that's not only getting information into their mind, but they're also saying the words themselves. They're also doing it their, themselves. They're also feeling it themselves. Because learning happens in the brain, in the mouth, in the heart, in the hands, and it's an active process. So therapy needs to look like not that you're doing the teaching, but that the child's doing the teaching. The child's efforts matter. The child is the teacher. The child is driving. You're a passenger. The child's in control. Secondly, we need to also focus our attention on executive function skills. Focus on the process of the child identifying problems, creating plans, taking action, and checking it to completion. And in the next, we're going to have to talk about storytelling abilities. We want children who are able to tell stories automatically. So through lots of repetition of the elements of the story, so they know it really, really well. And that's they have those terms first, next, then, lastly, because those important temporal cues that organize our thoughts into a story fashion. Get that automatic at the preschool level. And the very last thing we're going to want to focus on is emergent writing, emergent literacy, and emergent math skills. So we can do that by introducing a chart into therapy in which children make sense of the world, make sense of the world that they just discussed and taught, that they just acted out, and now that they just recorded through a chart. So here you're going to see, this is what we're going to want to pack in these backpack. We don't want to focus on the small stuff. When you focus on small stuff, you get small gains. I want you to go big, aim high. The higher you aim, the higher the gains. And what we're talking about right here, this is lifelong change. You're going to affect what you do today at the preschool level with these children with developmental language disorder right now, the next hundred years of their lives. Is it a hundred? Because I think the, the age, the length of age, I think is going to increase, increase over time as our technology advances. So for the next hundred years, what you do today is going to influence their lives. So let's pack that backpack with the good stuff, with the stuff that matters, with the stuff that can get them through the challenges that lie ahead. But thank you so much for joining me today. If you want more information in which I break down, this is how it's done in video form. There's over a hundred videotapes in my book. 
in and how to step-by-step guides. There's there's that with every single video in my book. I have a written guide to walk you through the process. If you really want to know how is this done in therapy at the preschool level, what do you say? What do you do? How do you create activities? Check out my book. It's speech sound disorders comprehensive evaluation and treatment. It's not about treating a mouth. It's about treating a whole child. And it's not about doing the small stuff that will produce small gains, that will have a small impact in the child's life. It's about doing the stuff that matters. It's about changing lives. So roll up your sleeves and go ahead and make the world a better place, one child at a time.